Ali Drew, four seconds out with Mr. Frank Warren. Frank, how are you? I'm fine, Lily. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I just want to talk to you about the fact we're now coming, hopefully coming out of the pandemic. Um, the behind closed door shows are hopefully going to come to an end. But just talk to me about how you feel that you know it's, it's you've managed to get so many great shows on in this time. Well, look, it's been tough. It's been tough for everybody, but at least you know the guys have been out. Some of the guys, that is, have been able to work. Unlike a lot of the people who in this country whose their livings and so forth have been seriously affected by the pandemic. Um, I think we've still got a way to go, but I'm hoping by August, September, we start to be able to get in some, you know, some serious amount of people in to come and watch some of our shows. And are you looking to do anything special for the sort of homecoming of the fans? Absolutely, we're working on a few things, but it's all, you know, when they give us the green light to do that. So as soon as we get the green light, then we can start announcing some big shows. I want to talk to you about um, the, the rumours of um, the matchroom split with Sky and going to his own nine-figure deal reportedly. Um, just talk to me about that and, you know, I think that Sky Sports are uh, you know, not going to have boxing on as we know it at the moment. Well, I hope that's not the case because that's not good for British boxing. You know, Sky do a great job for British boxing um, and they have done a great job. I mean, I, I started their big, big fights on Sky with, you know, with me. I did their first pay-per-view show. Um, and I hope they're not bowing out of it because it's important for British boxing to have as many outlets as possible. Um, you know, it's no secret that uh, Matram are, are going with the zone for their, for their British shows and their US shows. And I hope they do a better job than they did in the States because the States, they've not built any big stars there or anything. And it's sort of, you know, well, there's just no big names out there. I mean, they're going to find it a little bit difficult, although there's money there. And I don't know, where, how much is nine figures? I don't know, I was trying to work it out. I don't actually know. I know what seven figures, so nine figures, nine figures. I don't know why we're talking about going to the Middle East and whatever for the Tysons fight and Joshua's fight. You know, put the money up. If you've got nine figures, it's a piss in the ocean, excuse my French, to do that. So pull it up and put the money, let's let them put the money up for the fight if they've got nine figures. Um, look, I don't know how much money they've got, but at the end of the day, what they won't have is Sky's marketing machine behind them. And that's been a big plus from Sky Sports. I know that because, you know, we were there and, it, and I know how, how much it helped um, us when I was doing pay-per-view shows on Sky it's it's a, it's a formidable machine they that will not be happening anymore so they won't be getting that and they're gonna and and it's gonna be it's a bit like you know when we started Box Nation everyone said you know we're gonna disappear out of you you know it's a it's 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 not got the it's, which it didn't have the uh, the the, the, um, the juice that Sky have got you know DAZN obviously they've got um, in Selen uh, behind them has got a lot got a lot of money. He's a very wealthy guy, but he's a businessman at the end of the day. But what they haven't got is the marketing machine. And can they hack it? You know, can they hack it? I mean, what was it at the moment? Is it one ninety nine? At the watch? moment, it's one ninety nine for the UK. So you know, how much are they going to hike it up to? You know, if you if they make it four quid, that's a hundred percent increase. They're going to make it a tenner. It's a big big increase. Who knows? I don't know what their I don't know what their model is at the end of the day, but. I don't really, at the end of the day, as I, say, I don't really care. I know what we're doing with BT. You know, BT's now the, seems to me, you know, it does, does in three years, it's become a significant player in the boxing market here. We've built some good names here. We've brought guys through. You know, some, you know, when Tyson, for example, you know, came, came back, that was via BT and all the, all the hard work that's put into it. And many other fighters have come through. So, you know, we're in, we're in a very comfortable and a good place. Um, Sky, I hope, stay in the game. I hope they stay in the game, whether they will or not, it's another, another matter. Um, I don't know what's happening with, uh, I was only what I'm reading, you know, regarding Anthony Joshua and Dillian White. Are they going over the other side or they, or they want the comfort of the pay-per-view? 
because you remember when they went to the States, when they were going to take over the States with another nine-figure deal in the States, they were going to take over boxing, you know, pay-per-view was dead, etc. Well, that's not happening in the States, you know. Um, top rank are still putting on shows, so is Al Heyman, big shows. Um, and have they convinced Anthony... That, if what I'm reading in the papers is correct, they've not convinced Anthony Joshua to jump ship leaving that pay-per-view platform for a, um, for a subscriber channel. So we will see. We will see what happens at the end of the day. Um, it's going to be a bit of fun. But, you know, as always, there's competition. Competition's great for everybody, and it's, especially it's great for the people who watch it, you know, the, the, the boxing fans. They'll, they'll benefit from all this. Um, as I said, and I will repeat, I hope Sky do not leave boxing. And then I just quickly want to ask about all the talk with Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. Um, obviously, you know, Tommy Fury, you're, you're backing your man. You want that fight. Look, I never called it out. It was called out by Jake Paul. So me, you know, he's a guy who's got a lot of followers, the same as Tommy's got. They've probably got the equal amount of followers. Um, it's something that's got, it's got, leg, got a lot of legs because of what Jake Paul has said. Now, he's called him out. If he wants to fight, if he really in his heart of hearts really wants to step into the ring with Tommy Fury, which I don't think he does, but if he does want to do that, then step up to the plates. Easy to make. It's a 50-50 deal. Triller can do the worldwide rights. BT do the British rights. It's a no-brainer for us to do. But you know what? He don't want it. There's a lot of difference fighting not picking your opponents, which he's been, which they've been doing, these guys, and good, God bless them, good luck to them. But we're talking now about the real deal. We're talking about fighting a professional boxer, undefeated. Oh, he's a novice. Was he five fights now? He's a novice. If he's got, if he's really, really got the heart to do it, then do it. Stop talking about it. Otherwise, you know, I mean, all you're doing, you're, you're saying all this stuff to your, your Twitter followers and whoever they're all old. These guys, you're doing all this stuff. Show them that the mouth matches the heart or the heart matches the mouth even but just come out and do it it's, the fight's there to be made it's an open door with us just cut it down the middle let's get it on Frank, thanks for your time Full smile from Kamil Sokolovsky. He thought he won that. David Adelaide, I think, was mightily worried that he was going to be losing there. And I think he can consider himself just a wee bit fortunate to have got away from that with an undefeated record, Paul. It's your birthday, so you have the option on understatement tonight, John. David Hay, how did you score it? It was close. It was a close fight. It was way closer than it should have it should have been and needed to be. You know, Adelaide. You know, he's going to be really upset when he watches that back. You know, maybe that the lack of um, international amateur pedigree showed tonight. You know, he has all the punches, but the one that he needed the most tonight was a simple jab. You know, Sobglossi's, you know, a very basic fighter. He doesn't do anything that clever. He should be ramming that jab down his throat. He should win the fight exclusively with the jab and walk Sobogluski onto that right uppercut or straight right. But he was loading up way too much, very unnecessary, using up unnecessary energy. 
and uh, you know it was way way closer than it should have been i believe he should get an immediate rematch with this guy and do it properly next time go go ho go home get some lennox lewis dvds some larry holmes and lock yourself in your room and just watch them until you you and, and tonight be out. thankful now to the master of the jab over with us tonight lyndon arthur lyndon what's he not doing right now no he's not jabbing he's no, not he's, he's just not jabbing why I feel like it, tonight he's been his own worst enemy because he's got so much power and he feels like he knows he's got so much power because he's knocked everybody out and he thinks when he lands the right hand he's going to do it but sometimes you get, in, you get in the ring with people like him and his opponent tonight and, he, and, he, and you can't knock everybody out like you hit and that's what's happened tonight and the, the simple punch which was the jab would have made the fight a lot easier than it was. I didn't ask you for your score. What did you make of it? Um, to, actually, not to be fair, I was watching. I wasn't really scoring it but, you know, we, like... It was, it was, it was close. It was close, and he could have learned himself a harsh lesson tonight there. So he's, he's lucky. He was very, very fortunate with the scores there. He needs to really take take this fight seriously. He doesn't want to blemish on his record this early. You know, he needs to really focus on that. Get back, just jab, jab, jab. But Lendis Lewis came into um, when I was European, when I was challenging for a European title in Miami, and he came to do a training session with me. All we worked on was the jab. It was just jab. We jab until your arm was numb. Mm. People, and ne that, people, ne sorry, people neglect the jab. And it's, I'm it, it going to come back to you in a well, moment, though. guys. I'll take you back, Lyndon, to the very first minute of the fight. Was it the situation tonight that this is the first time that Adelaide has seen a man come out the other corner, step right onto him, and let him know it's going to be hard? Yeah, most definitely would be a lot different than any of his other fights. He come out there straight away to put it on him and put the pressure on him and close the gap straight away so he wasn't he didn't have the timing that he normally used to having where he could just hit people and knock them down he, he never given that to the opponent tonight you've analyzed the lack of technique does it tell you something else about his potential yeah not 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 that it tells you something about his potential but because his potential is still there we can see that but he's very raw still and that's shown that tonight where he with the likes of calling out nathan garman and stuff who are with a great pedigree amateur pedigree yeah. and, and, and and experienced in the professional ranks under the lights also so Maybe slow down a little bit and, and, and like David said, get the rematch with, with, with this guy here tonight and do, beat him better, better fashion. I'll tell you what, that was a canny piece of work by Gorman, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Gorman see, said to See what he does against this kid exactly. before he goes any further. I think he should have he a, he, he needs a, a rematch with the exact same guy, but over eight or ten rounds where he can ease into the fight because he wants to be a world champion. He wants to be a 12-round fighter. This is the perfect guy to fight over eight or 10 rounds where you can slowly break him down. Maybe six rounds wasn't long enough to soften someone like this up, but he needs a longer rounds. He needs to understand the jab is the key, the jab into the body, the jab into the head, mixing it up. He should take, it takes three or four rounds to sometimes just find your way into it. But in a six rounder, you're then forced to put your foot on the pedal a little too much too soon and it all kind of clogs up. So um, it was a very, very good learning fight for him. And he'll learn way more than this than if it had knocked him out in one round. Ali Drew, four seconds out with Callum Johnson and Joe Gallagher. Callum, great win there. Just talk to me about that. Um, yeah, it's just good to be back. You know, a lot of, a lot of frustration, a lot of nerves, a lot of pressure. Um, you know, but it's just, I come out, like I say, I come out and let the top off and the pressure just went bosh and I went out like a madman. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, I got a good win. I got a good knockout. I think he entertained people as usual. Um, took a few that I didn't, I didn't really uh, need to be taking. But, you know, 25 months out of the ring, uh, it, it was, you know, it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't perfect. Far from it. And it was a long time out of the ring for you. How good did it feel just to be back in the ring? Different environment, no crowds, but how good was it to be back? Oh, it's great, you know, just uh, 
letting them bombs go and you know, feeling them bounce off his head and I was surprised he took them as, as well as he did, to be fair. Because uh, I landed some and he, he was there, he, he was taking them, but, you know, we got, we got him there, we got him out of there and, you know, I, you know, I look for it too much sometimes, which I did there, but I, I wanted to make a bit of a statement, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. We got, we, got the, we got the first one out of the way and it's just about moving on now. And he looked like he caught you in the first round. Um, did you feel? Did you feel it? Did you feel like you were wobbled at all? Um, no, I have to be honest. I did feel him get me a little bit, but not once did I feel like I knew exactly what was happening and everything else, and my head was clear the whole time. But that's obviously because I did realise he caught me. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and like I say, I just got myself together and I took my time a little bit more in the second, but not too much more. And then, uh, like I said, we got him out of there. Joe, just talk to me about Callum's performance there. You know, is that what you expected from him? No, not really. <laughs> the nerves are shot here after that. Uh, I did say to him after uh, round one, this is a 10-round fight, Callum, because, uh, listen, I, I said earlier in the build-up uh, to the fight tonight, it'd be like getting a toy, winding up and watching it go, and that's what he did in the first round. And like you say, a little bit of carelessness, um, got caught, but he knew where he was. He said he knew where he was, and as the kid came for him, Callum caught him and put him back in his place. So uh, regrouped well, and uh, his shot selection was very good for someone that was out. He landed so many hard, murderous punches that I was like, wow. And um, it was a bit, ooh, not nice to watch at the end, but I'm usually pleased for him. A lot of frustration, a lot of build-up. He's got it out of the way. He's won a belt for his kids, and... Uh, yeah, that's it, and Frank now reckons he'll be out in the summer again, so uh, it's good. He had so many people to impress tonight, so much has been talked about of could he beat this one, could he beat that one, he's not fought, he's forgotten about, new promoter, been on the shelf, now with Frank, and he was trying to please and impress everybody, um, and I think he did. I think everybody that tuned in and watched this tonight watched and went, wow, that's what he want, proper, let's go for it all guns blazing, do you know what I mean, let the bullets go and uh, he did well tonight, it was huge pressure for him tonight but I'm very proud of him from where he's come from to where he is tonight because as he said in interviews on the build of this, he could easily have retired from the sport. And as you say, yeah, there is loads of pressure, there was a lot of pressure on you to, you make your, you, you've just signed with Frank Warren, have you had a chance to speak to Frank and also you feel like you, you did him proud and what you wanted to proud? Yeah, we spoke to him briefly out there, me and Joe and I think Frank Frank seemed to be really pleased and excited himself, and you know he, he said he's going to get me out again very soon. And uh, like I say, that's something I leave down to Joe and Frank to sort out anyway. And uh, but I'm excited about the future, and I think, like you say, Frank Frank seems like Frank's very excited as well, and I, I'm happy. I'm happy. You got a belt to take home with you? Take home to my boys, yeah. You know, I told my boys. He kept saying to me, my oldest lad, you know, he said, please win that, please bring me that belt back, and I said, don't worry, kid, I will do. So you know, I've kept my promise to my boy as well. Well, both my boys really. But. And now you are back in the ring, back in the mix. You've not people haven't stopped talking about you in the last two years, but you're back. You know, you've had the fight. Who are you? Who are you wanting now? Um, you know what? Anybody. But obviously, my main goal is the WBO World Title. Joe Smith. I mean, if Frank rang up and said you're fighting him next month, I'd, I'd be buzzing. Um, but again, that's something I leave down to Frank to sort out. And Joe's my manager, and you know, I'm just happy. To, I'm just happy to be back fighting. Uh, I'd like to get out again as soon as possible, and. You know, if it's not obviously the biggest one, but another fight, you know, just to get a little bit more rushed out and do it again under the lights. Because it is just a little bit different in there and you have to keep your your cool a little bit more, so I don't say. So, uh, you know, but that, that's got all the rust off now and that'll, uh, I'll be ready, I'll be even more ready for the next one. Joe, do you think that the other light heavyweights in the division can, can mix it with Callum? 
Um, listen, Callum's got there, he's, he's fought B2BF, put a good performance in and he wants to get back in the mix. Joe Smith, like I said in the week, is one of the most wanted men in world boxing and that's what Callum wants. Frank has a good relationship with Bob Arum and hopefully that fight could be made. Um, but Callum just wants to be involved in the big fights now and he wants a world title shot and if he gets that world title shot, who's not to say he can't win it and bring it back here and then, like you say, we can have them big domestics. Anthony Yardy has got unfinished business with Lyndon Arthur, that was a controversial Fight. They've got a rematch that's got to happen sometime, so we'll go and get the world title, come back and defend the winner of that. How are you celebrating tonight? Just uh, waiting for my, my brother-in-law and my son to pick me up and just driving home and giving my boy a cuddle and passing him the belt. That, that's enough for me. That, that's, that's all I needed. Well, well done. Great performance. Great nice to see one. you back in the ring. Thank Thanks. you. Cheers. Thank Cheers, you. Thank you. Ali Drew for seconds out with Commonwealth and the new British champion Felix Cash and his coach Tony Sims. Felix, great performance, just talk to me about that. Listen, it was, um, it was an early night, wasn't it? And, um I listened and enjoyed it. I went out there the, the first round, caught him, and um, you know, I rocked him in the first round. And then it was only a matter of time before I caught him again, and um, got a job finished. And you don't get paid for overtime, you got it done nice and quickly. Um, you looked like you were going, you know, getting the counter punches in, and you weren't rushing anything. Was that the plan before you went in there? Yeah, you know, I, I knew he was a little leaky in his defence because he pulls his head back. So to, me and Tony's been working on the gym, you know, walking. As he, when he throws, catch him and, and come back straight away with a counter and um, slip his shot and throw the backhand over the top. We've been working that in the gym and um, it paid off tonight. And was that based on when you sparred him before that you had that plan or was it just you know, as, you, as you sort of saw him in recent fights? To be honest with you, I can't even really remember when I sparred him, to be honest with you. It was a big talk about sparring. I can't really remember. All I know is I just stuck all over him and um, he was holding on for dear life. But listen... No, no disrespect to um, Denzel Bentley, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's still a good fighter, he can come again. He'll probably come back and, and, and win this British again. Um, but, you know, it was my night tonight and a better man won. Tony, how impressed were you there with Felix? Yeah, I, I, you know, I said before the fight, you know, he's got loads of experience as a top amateur, GB amateur, and he's fought all around the world. You know, and I see him obviously every day in the gym sparring, and, you know, and I know what, what he's got, the ingredients he's got. I've been in the game a long time and, you know, he, he, he's got a great future ahead of him. He's got all the ingredients to go on to world level, you know. I want to thank my son Charlie for managing Felix as yeah. well and uh, getting him into this position. Yeah, I want to thank Dan Lawrence too for my strength and conditioning. Yeah. Obviously Tony and Charlie, all my team that's helped me, you know, in this camp and all my sponsors too. Was that fight easier than what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was a bit easier than what I thought it was going to be. You know, it was very easy. It was a lot easier to hit than I expected, and um, got a job done. So, what is next for you now? What are you wanting? I want the European title next. I want another another belt on on this other shoulder, and um, then we'll move on. Is there any particular fighters you want to see him face? Who you think he'd be he'd be great against? I just well, we're looking to go for the European title. Uh, he could have he had the choice of taking the European title fight, but. He wanted to win a British title and I wanted him to clear up on the domestic scene really before he goes on to European titles but now he's ready to go on European and that's a nice step up for him and then obviously if he wins a European and then you start stepping up into world level but that's the route that I want him to go. And obviously the you know the British title is so prestigious and, and people dream of it. Have you been wanting that title since you were little? Yeah, since I was little, um, I've been looking at people winning this on, uh, on telly, you know what I mean? So, no, I'm over the moon, it's like a dream come true for me to win this belt. 
And just talking about some of the uh, other sort of domestic fighters in your division, you know, Liam Williams recently fought. Is that a fight you'd be interested in? Yeah, definitely I'd be interested in that fight. It's um, a big domestic fight, you know. Um, I'll sit down with my team and I'll see what's next. You know, he's just come off a loss, um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But at the moment, I, 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 we're looking at going for the European. How are you going to celebrate? Uh, I'm going to go back, spend it, you know, my missus, go out and, um, and enjoy with my family. Well, best best of uh, in, you know, luck with the European route. Congratulations, it was a great performance. Enjoy the belt. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. The Commonwealth belt remains with Felix Cash and he bags the British title as well. Instant reaction? I'm buzzing, I'm over the moon, you know, it's a dream, one of my dreams to win the British belt and um, I got the title now. I told everyone, you know, I was a level above him and um, the show tonight. Just talk me through the uh, first round, did you expect that Denzel Bentley tonight? He came out, he tried, I was just, I was just too, um, what's the word, I was too explosive to him, too heavy handed and, and, and too strong for him, as simple as that and I was too scared for him. I was just, um, I was too much for him, you know, I was, uh, I just walked through him in the end. But fair play to Bentley, you know, he'll come again. And the actual stoppage itself, you said that you just walked through him there. Did you anticipate that coming, Felix? Yeah, I knew it was going to come because I hurt him in the, I hurt my left hook in the first round and buzzed him. And then I hit my left hook again, I see him buzz again. But I, 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 went, I went for a kill, like, you know, too slow. Instead of taking my time and picking my shots, I went back after the first round. Tony said, listen, just calm down, the shot will come, calm down. So ran out in the second round, you know, it took me another round to calm down a bit. And after that then, the, sh the shot came and knew it was a matter of time. Tony, you're on a bit of a run here. <laughs> the best trainer in the world, that's why. Just talk me uh, through the stoppage. Yeah, you know, with Felix, as I said all along, he's, he's, you know, he's got a good pedigree as an amateur. He was on Team GB for three years. So he's got a lot of experience of fighting around the world against good fighters. I've had him out in the state sparring, you know, he's, he's, he's in the gym all the time, my fighter sparring, so he's got quality sparring in there. And I've said all along to him as well, to his face, like he's, he's got all the ingredients to go to, to a world title. And you know, he's, we're hopefully going to step him up to the European title next, do that step and then on to the world scene. But look, he can box, he's a smart fighter, you know, he's fast, he can punch, he's got every, every ingredient, he trains hard. He lives the life, you know, he's been living in Brentwood for the last six weeks, next door to the gym, so, you know, he's dedicated and uh, I do really believe he can go on to a world level. What do you want next? I want the European next, you know, um, I want the European next and move on to world level. I want to be in a position by the end of this year to be fighting for a world title. OK, I hear that, but let me just give you a scenario, a potential one. A Chris Eubank Jr., a Liam Williams, would you take that over a European title next? Yeah, well, it makes sense, and the money's right, and it makes sense, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll take that fight, 100%. Um, Chris Eubank Jr., I love that fight. Um, you know, I've done a lot of spam with Chris Eubank Jr. in the past, and to be honest with you, I reckon I've got what it takes to, um, to, to do him. Do you reckon you can do the same to Chris Eubank Jr.? Yeah, it won't be as easy as that, but I'll definitely do him. Tony, in your opinion, the likes of Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Williams? Yeah, they're all big domestic names, you know, and uh, as, as Felix was saying there, we've already spoke about it. I'd like to him to move on to the European title next and then step up on the world level, you know, but, you know, it's good to have 
big domestic names and uh, obviously Eubank's a domestic name, Leon Williams is big domestic names, you know, and them fights sell on British TV. And just before the stoppage as well, just overall, how pleased were you with Felix's performance tonight? Very pleased. I said to him uh, just now, it's good to have an early night and uh, you don't get paid for overtime, do you? Just a final word with yourself then, winning that British title must mean so much to you. Yeah, honestly, I've, um, I've dreamed of winning a sense of time pro. I mean, you know, since I was a child and um, finally got it now, you know what I mean? Proper cash, man. <laughs> Felix, well done tonight. Tony Sims, as I said, you're on a bit of a run here and uh, we look forward to seeing what's next, all right? Thanks. Thanks. Top man. Cheers. Cheers, Tony. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Avalast. Wow, what a show. Let's start with the main event. Felix Cash with a sensational stoppage of Denzel Bentley. Oh, it was. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a, was, a, as you say, a sensational stoppage. You know, he really done the business. He just got clipped before, didn't he? I thought Denzel caught him a good shot. And it was, I thought it was, it was really, turned, you know, looking like it was getting into a really, be a really good fight. He got clipped, but he come back, fired back. Was it three, about three shots he caught him with? The angle we were at, you didn't, you couldn't quite see you know, where he, you know, where he's gone or not. I weren't too sure how, you know, whether the referee was premature. But looking back on it on TV, I mean, the referee was spot on. He was spot on. So he's done extremely well, Felix. You know, hats off to him for what he's done. He's, he's a, it was a good win for him. It just seemed like Felix, once feeling Denzel's power, perhaps thought he, he, he could walk through it, which he did, and he just seemed the, the more physical, slightly stronger man. Is that fair? I think, I think, I think that's a, you know, a good observation. You know? I think, and he looked bigger. It, it looked, you know, he looked like a bit of a super middleweight compared with um, Denzel. But you know, as I say, Denzel, Denzel was in the fight. It wasn't like he was getting is a drubbing or something. He was in the fight. I don't think there was a lot in it, but um, the finish was very, very explosive and convincing. Obviously, just spoke to Felix. Obviously, they want to go for the European title route, but I did put a couple of names to him, and one of them was Liam Williams. Now that is a, a serious fight between Cash and Williams. Well, look, when Liam. Um, when Liam vacated the title to go and fight for the uh, world title to challenger Andrade, it was on the understanding that he would be the preferential challenger. So the mandatory defence of his British title will be against Liam, which I know it's on the line, the British title, but it's, it's, a, it's a level about, above that. So that would be a great fight, and it, we'd all like to see that, wouldn't we, all of us? Absolutely. Well, Callum Johnson and uh, the Croatian uh, Emil Markic, I mean, that was the most fan-friendly fight you'll ever see. Well, that's a, I mean, that first round has got to be round, one of the rounds of the year, is not it? I mean, what a shootout that was. But it was, uh, it was, I thought it was, a, well, it was edgy seat stuff. wasn't what I was expecting to be quite honest. Although, they, you know, although the... Uh, Croatian's got a really good um, knockout ratio on his record. He's got a good record, you know, a very good record. But um, Callum, being, having been out the ring for 25 months, I thought done a done an excellent job at the end of the day, and obviously has put his marker down as far as um, 
the, the other two guys, Anthony Yard and uh, Lyndon Arthur, and also in fighting for a world title. Joe Smith Jr.? Well, of course, that would be the fight we'd all like to see, wouldn't it? That's the lot. I think him and Callum would be a great fight. It would be good if Callum was to beat him and then fight the winner of, uh, of, of, of the rematch between uh, Anthony and Lyndon. Now, let's talk about David Adlai. Um, I will be honest, everyone on social media didn't have him winning that fight. What was your reading of that fight between Adlai and Sokolowski? I thought it was a close fight, but I thought, I thought he won it. Um, it was a tough fight for him. You know, he's a five-fight novice, which is what we all all saying. I mean, all this nonsense about fighting Gorman, um, which I've you know I've said to you on many occasions, he's much too you know he's much too soon for him. And I've said you know when we've spoken about him in the past that he is he is what he is a five-fight novice. But we put him in a guy who's who's got, who was he's had about 33, 34 fights, who's a seasoned pro, who was old man in him in the fight. You know took the fight to him um, there's, he's got a lot to learn from the fight I thought his, his jab could have been much much better I didn't like the way he kept dropping his hands and it's a fight that he'll learn from and we could have gone and got him another three or four knockover jobs as you want to, as they might say in the trade but this is a fight he'll learn from so it, it's, it was good for him you know and all this where people were trying to push him talking about fighting for southern area titles now and that it's too, it was too soon for him that was a good test for him and at the end of the day, you know, he's won the fight. Um, up, up, people got their views, they've got their views, but he's got, he won the fight. In the last round, he, he caught him a really good shot and wobbled him as well. So it's a fight that he'll learn from and he's got, the, you know, and, and, and it'll stand him in good stead moving forward. Um, I think, as, as I just said, the, uh, it, you know, it, it, the Croatian was working with Joseph Parker, preparing him for his, for that, his last fight. So he was in with a world-class he was having world-class sparring, so that's the level he was at. And uh, as I say, David now's got to, got to yeah, go home and watch that fight. And I know he'll know what you know what he's got to do next time out. He'll watch it and he'll see what what, what, he's, what he should be doing. A couple of questions on David Adelaide. How did you score that fight? And also, he told me that he'd be open to the rematch with Sokolowski to, to put the doubters, if you like, wrong. Would you do the rematch? Yeah, we can do a rematch. That's not a problem. And I thought he won the fight. We, you know, it was a close fight. I thought, I thought he, he came through and won the fight, as did the referee. Frank, any updates on Fury Joshua? <laughs> do you know what? Every day, every day, it's like saying the check's in the post. Every day, the contract's in the post. Yeah, it's not here yet, is it? And we'll, you know, I don't want to start saying how I feel about it. Um, let's see what happens in the next next day or so, whether something does come through, as we're being promised continuously will come through. When I spoke to you at the office after our last interview, you seemed in a good place about that, very confident. Um, has that changed, Frank? Well, I was confident because I was told categorically it was going to be there, you know, the contract that we was looking for was going to be there the following day, and it hasn't arrived. Okay. Frank, all... So, you know... It, if I say, if I, if I doom and gloom it, everybody says that I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want the fight to happen. I think we went through all this uh, in the week. You know, you know, Tyson wants it. I know that AJ wants it. Um, and listen, that fight, at the end of the day, will happen. I'm convinced it'll happen, but it's when it will happen. A couple of more things, Frank. We'll talk about next week in a second with Sonny Edwards. Um, but also, obviously, big news during this week that it looks like Eddie will be doing an exclusive with the zone here, uh, and which frees up a lot of dates for Sky, whether they'll stay in boxing, we don't know. 
Um, yeah, your, your take on the matter? Well, he has done a deal. I mean, you asked me that again a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? And I told you it, it, that was a done deal, and it is a done deal. I mean, everybody knows that. So he's gone. I think he's got two two shows left, is it, with Sky or whatever? Yeah, I believe, yeah. And, and that's the end of it. So and then he's gone off to the zone, and he's, you know, it was the choice. It was he was either going to, if he stayed with Sky, then he would not have the American deal. So it's you know you knew that was what was going to be the case, and. Uh, Maybe in this, what's this nine-figure sum he's got? That's a lot of money. That's many, many millions. We could, they, they, why did he pull the money up for the Joshua and Fury fight with that? Nine-figure sum. Just a word on next week then. Obviously, Michael Condon uh, returns uh, as a co-main event, but also Sonny Edwards in a massive, massive fight. Um, yeah, in a, in a really tough fight, the toughest fight at that weight. It's a tough fight for him. You know, you couldn't have picked a harder world champion to fight than him at that weight. Um, but Sonny's a very capable boxer. He's young. He's uh, he, he fancies it. He's a student of boxing himself, and he, you know, I don't think he'd be involved in that fight if he didn't feel he had a great chance of winning. It won't be easy for him at, at all. You know, um, he has wins over Teddy, who knocked out Butler when he came over. He went Paul Butler, so. It's it's a it is a tough job, but you know what? If anyone can do it, he can do it. Well, listen, roll on next week live on BT Sport again. Frank, appreciate your time as always. It's a pleasure as always. Cheers. Thanks so much indeed, Paul. Um, Frank, fair to say that was a great night for the fans. A great night for the fans. Three fights with loads of talking points, loads of things to discuss. Let's start with let's start with the one we've just seen. Denzel Bentley there. Caught and hurt and stopped in the third round. And, and I've watched it back. There's, there can be no complaints about the stoppage. Were you shocked by that? Surprised? I was. I mean, the referee was spot on, though. He did, a, did an excellent job in stopping the fight when he did. Um, you know, Denzel was a little bit tense in the first round, and then I thought the second round he got into it. The third round, they were, you know, he actually caught Felix to a good shot. He fired back, and you know, he, I mean, he won it in style, in excellent style. He's done a real good job. When you see something like that with Denzel, because a year ago Denzel, we're thinking he'd have a couple of fights by the end of the year, then moving to contention by the middle of 2021. The way things worked out, Liam vacating him move, moving up to Hereford. I know we're all geniuses after the after the event, but. Perhaps he could have done with some some more fights. I know Will Genius is the well, next day, obviously. How many more fights can he have? He won the title. He yeah. won the Commonwealth, you know, the Commonwealth, the British title, and that was it. And he had his mandatory, and uh, you know that happened. And uh, look, they're fighting men, and the fight, the best fight, the best, and that's what happened tonight. And you know, Felix was the better man on the night. And you can't and done a good job. Yeah, the best fight, the best. You're absolutely right, and that's exactly what it was. But, you know, he's got what's going to be interesting now. The when Liam vacated, he's vacating on the understanding he becomes preferential challenger. So there's another cracking fight to be made between Liam Williams and Felix. And can that be made? 
Well, he's the preferential challenger. The board will make it happen. So it has to, it has to happen? The board will make it, put it out. I mean, if we can't do a deal, it go to Perspitz again. Felix Cash against Liam Williams. That sounds that's like That's a something. cracker, isn't no, it? That, 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 listen, yeah. that was good tonight. That, that, that's got an even better ring to it. And Denzel can regroup and come back. He has to. He's Not only a baby, yeah. yeah. Exactly. OK, let, let, let's talk about Callum Johnson. He hasn't boxed for about 48 years. In the first, he gave us, he gave us, he gave us about seven or eight minutes of absolute mayhem tonight. Good to see him back. And there's one thing about Callum, he's just raw and excited. He's not raw as a fighter. He just gives you raw excitement. Well, it was exciting, wasn't it? it was I mean, my God, that first round was on the edge of the seat stuff. And he's in with a good opponent. I mean, that guy's a good Croatian, an excellent, excellent fighter, and he obviously. Good banger, got a good good knockout ratio on his record, and it was a shootout. And at the end of the day, I think you know Callum's strength, will to win, came through. Now you've got three light heavyweights all queuing up for a crack at the light heavyweight world title. Joe Smith was a name that uh, Lyndon Arthur was talking about up in the commentary position or the chatting position with David Hay and Paul Dempsey. Uh, that's a that's a name that's a name that also the Anthony Yard talks about. It's a name that Callum Johnson mentioned here. What's going on? Who, who, who's 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 calling? Well, going to answer first? Well, Lyndon, as, he's, as I'm sure the, he's told the viewers, uh, he had a hand operation. He was supposed to fight and take you know. Uh, a couple of months ago, he's her operation. He's going, to, he's going to be out again, I think, in, sometime in June. And then, and also Anthony Yard, who's supposed to have fought tonight, who had a abscess on his uh, uh, tooth, had a tooth removed. So he'll be fighting in a couple of weeks' time. And then, provided they both come through their fights, they're going to fight each other. And uh, you know, it's exciting times in that division. Some good, good fights, and obviously, Callum's coming. And, Show them what he's got. So I think we've got some really good fights to be made there. And they're, obviously, they all want a shot at the world title. And it's my job to make sure that, that it happens. And I think with Lyndon and Anthony Yard, they're gonna, the winner of that will get a shot at the world title. And Callum will as well. And could that could Callum get a shot by the end of the year? Is that like is that I hope the so. Plan? Look, we don't want to hang around, does he? Yeah, I mean, he course. doesn't want to hang around, but he does need. You know, he's had one. That's his first fight in, in was it 25 months? months? Yeah, 25 months. So he probably need another fight at least. Keep him busy. Not to sit around and wait for it to happen. We give him another another fight, and then uh, hopefully we get him in a position where he can fight for the title. And finally, a very interesting or intriguing six-round heavyweight fight earlier on that seems to have divided people here, divided people online. David Adelaide getting the decision by just one point um, uh, uh, over, over the, the, the Polish veteran Kamil Sokolowski. How did you see it? How, from from where you were sitting, how did you see it after six I rounds? Thought, uh, you know, it, they were close rounds, but I thought, I thought David won it. He wobbled him in the last round. He caught him a good shot in the last round. And I felt that... Um, it showed that he'd only had five fights against a guy, would he had 34 fights? Yeah, something like that. And and been sparring with Joseph Parker. And been the distance for a fight, fight, you know. So he's a he's a veteran and he's uh, he obviously got a lot of experience and he was using he was old man in him at times. But they're fights that he learns from. You know, having that fight is probably equivalent to having about four or five knockovers. Mm. So you know, you could see a lot of the things he's got to work on. He wasn't his jab wasn't as good as it should have been, his hands were low. But they're things to work on, and he's a five-fight novice. I mean, everyone was getting carried away saying, you know, give him a ten-round fight, let's let's move him quickly. He's got a lot to learn, and he'll come through it, and he'll learn, and he will learn a lot from that fight. And he'll come good. He's only a young man. He's a very young, you know, he is a young heavyweight. And finally, finally, back here, six days, six nights time, Sonny Edwards in the ring challenging for a world title. It's a tough fight, you know. South Africans, are, and, and you know, he's, a, he's been an excellent champion. He's got a win over Teti, who the viewers will know. You know, 
Tetti knocked out, knocked out uh, Paul Butler. Paul Butler. So he's got good pedigree. Um, if he was going to fight the hardest guy in that division, challenge for a title, Sonny's got him. But Sonny's a, you know, he's a, he's a, a student of boxing. He's got an excellent boxing brain, and he's got the tools to win it. And I think that if he if he puts in a real controlled performance, he can he can become world champion. Won't be easy, but he can do it. Yeah, night of drama tonight. Probably a night of drama next week. Frank, thanks very much indeed. This is Andy Poirot for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I am joined by the new British champion and Commonwealth champion, Felix Cash. Felix, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. I uh, woke up with a smile on my face this morning. Well, that's good to hear. Obviously, congratulations on your victory over Denzel Bentley last night. Third round stoppage win. Just reflect on your performance for me, Felix. I mean, I think it was a, a very good performance. You know, it was well-educated, you know, smart pressure on them. You know, I clipped him in the first round and then um, I see him going. And I knew I knew I had the power to um, to get him out of there. I knew it was just a matter, a matter of time before, you know, I caught him again and um, it was going to be all over. Heading into the fight, Felix, how did you actually expect it to play out? Was it exactly what happened last night or was you expecting to maybe go any different, maybe a bit later on or...? Uh, I thought it would have been a bit later on, to be honest with you. I thought he was going to be a bit more harder to pin down. I thought he was going to be a bit more awkwarder than what he actually was. Um, but, you know, I'm a lot faster than... Uh, people don't realise I'm, I'm, I'm very fast, do you know what I mean? And, you know, the, the, I think the other opponents he was in was a bit slower, slower feet. So he made, made him look a bit more awkward than what he actually was when he was in with me, if you understand what I'm saying. How much of a statement was that for you last night, Felix, to stop somebody who was as highly rated as what Denzel was in the third round? You claim that British title, you've obviously retained your Commonwealth. How much of a statement do you think you made last night? I think it's a big statement, really. You know, at the end of the day, he's unbeaten. You know, he's British champion, 14 fights, unbeaten 14 fights with Trevor Knockout. So, you know, he's meant to be a bit of a banger and all. And um, I just walked through him. Moving forwards, I know that you know afterwards you mentioned Liam Williams, Chris Eubank Jr. Are they the two names that you one of the two names you would like to face next? No, I'm, I want I want the European next because I, I want to go to Europe. you know I want to win the Commonwealth British. That's why I went for the British. You know I know the Europe the European was um you know was on the table, but I've always wanted to win go to traditional route and win the British title. So that's why I took, took the Bentley fight. And uh, and went went over to Frank Show even though I was over there because I wanted the British title that much, you know what I mean. So now I've got that. I really want the European. So if I can get the European next, and then after that, then you know maybe one of them guys. I mean, just on the likes of a Williams or Eubank Junior. Felix, especially on the back of last night, how do you feel you'd fare against one of those? Listen, I think I'm one of the one of the best winning rates in the country. Obviously, I am, or or, or if not the best, and um. I, I think I'll be both of them, guys. I and mean, obviously, just want to quickly get some words on Tony uh, Tony Sims. Again, another terrific night for him. How much credit does he deserve with your performance last he, night? He, he deserves a lot, a lot of credit. You know, after, you know, he deserves a lot, a lot of credit. He's got, look how many fights he's got in the gym. He's, you know, he spends hours and hours in the gym. You know, we, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in training. He spends an hour and a half with me, you know, or two hours. I leave and then he's, he, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, that was hard. And I'm going back, but he's still in there. He's got about another three or four um, fighters to train, you know what I mean? So 
he's in he's in that he gets in there about half oh, five six o'clock in the morning and he um he don't leave to about four or five o'clock at night and then when he's at, when he's when he's back when he's back back at home he's uh he's he's scheduling us what we're doing the next day you know what i mean so he's he works like a he's like a workhorse he is Felix, obviously a great month or so for the gym. You winning in the third round, Ted Cheeseman winning in the 11th, Connor in the first, Joe Cordina with a points win as well. This That gym must be buzzing at the minute. It's buzzing, isn't it? You know, um, it's buzzing. Like, Ted just picked up the British title again. And so I picked up the British title. And then, obviously, you got Craig Richards. He's fighting for the world title. you got you got Matt J. Ward. Um, I mean, Craig next week. And then you got Matt and J. Ward to fight for world title eliminator. And then you've got John Roy, I think, John fighting for the world title. So it's, um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's present. All right, Felix, I'll leave a final word to yourself. For everybody who tuned in last night, for everybody who's followed your journey and will continue to support you, what would you like to say to them? Oh, this is only the start. You know, it's only the start. We've got more titles to win and um, some big fights on some big nights. Felix, it's a pleasure to catch up with you. Enjoy the day, enjoy your win, and I look forward to seeing you back in the ring soon. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. No problem. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. So, top of the bill of this Frank Warren show at the York Hall Bethnal Green was Denzel Bentley versus Felix Cash. Now, I really hadn't seen anything of Bentley before this fight was made. But I went onto my Discord server and I asked people's opinions about who they thought would win this fight. And there was a lot of people who felt like Denzel Bentley would win. Uh, they'd seen a lot more of him than me. I'd seen a lot of cash, but literally nothing of Bentley. All I did was go onto YouTube and saw a few seconds of some of his fights. So I really didn't know what to expect here. But it turns out that Felix Cash was several levels above Denzel Bentley. Not only was he better technically, but he also just looked far too big and strong for him. From the first round, Felix Cash was closing Denzel Bentley down. They got into an exchange, which Felix Cash got the better of. Denzel Bentley kind of uh, stumbled. His legs went a bit. He did manage to ride out the storm. He was doing his best shoulder roll in the corner and he managed to evade most of Felix Cash's cover, uh, follow-up excuse me, shots in the uh, first round. But, I don't know, as the fight progressed into the second, Bentley seemed to be finding somewhat of a rhythm, but again, he just didn't seem to have anywhere near the strength or the punching power that Felix Cash had. Felix Cash just looked far more imposing in there, physically imposing. And yeah, Bentley is kind of unorthodox in the way he moves around and what have you. But Felix Cash was far more purposeful. So the second round was, I don't know, maybe could have given it to Bentley or Cash. But third round, Felix Cash put it on Denzel Bentley again trapped him on the ropes, put some shots together, a bunch of right hands. And Bentley wasn't happy with the stoppage. There wasn't a knockdown. The referee stepped in. He wasn't happy. He feels like it was premature. I mean, maybe, maybe it was premature. But based upon what I saw in the two previous rounds, I think that was inevitable anyway. Cash just looked far too technically good and physically strong. Remember, he hurt him in the first round. 
Second round, Bentley moved around a little bit. Third round, he hurt him again. I mean, look at that pattern. He's hurt him badly twice in the space of three rounds. <laughs> so it's not like the first round was an anomaly. He got hurt again, even worse, in the third. So, yeah, perhaps it was a premature stoppage, but I can't really see the fight going any other way. I know some people are going to say, well, you complained about the Conor Ben stoppage the other weekend. Yeah, but that was in the first few seconds of the bout. <laughs> that wasn't in the third round. That was in the first few seconds. Whereas this was at least in the third round and it wasn't the first time he'd been hurt. This was the second time he'd been hurt. He was up against the ropes. Uh, Felix Cash landed some shots on him. And, you know, these things matter when a stoppage happens in a fight and what has happened prior to the stoppage, what led up to it. Rather than just being a 30-second fight, let's actually see a few rounds. You know, if it's, if it's the first round, let's at least see a knockdown before you jump in and stop it. Unless a guy is completely out of it, right? Uh, if he's still got his hands up and he's experienced and he's been hurt before and got off the canvas before, at least let him take account in the first round before you stop it, right? In this instance, of course, Denzel Bentley doesn't have the experience um, of the guy whose name escapes me that Conor Ben just fought, <laughs> who also fought Amir Khan who also fought Sean Porter and Spence and Garcia and all these people, he doesn't have that kind of experience. So a guy like Bentley, I would understand more if the referee is a little bit quick to stop the fight because, you know, he hasn't, we haven't seen him recover from situations like that. Uh, certainly not against somebody as good as Felix Cash. So, yeah, was a bit of premature stoppage, but I'm not going to grumble too much. Felix Cash, to me, just looked a far superior fighter, better technically, physically stronger, bigger, more purposeful, and he moves on to bigger and better things. He said after his last fight, I think it was, that he was ready for any middleweight in the country, and I guess that has to include the likes of Liam Williams. I'm still going to maintain, and perhaps Felix Cash will prove me wrong here, I'm still going to maintain that the Williams fight is a bit too early for him. Yeah, Williams got dropped and outboxed by Andrade, but that is a different level, I would say, to what Cash is at right now. Um, and I think Liam Williams is a very aggressive, very strong, very dangerous fighter for most middleweights. And Felix Cash, I just feel, is maybe a bit too inexperienced to take on a Liam Williams right now. But hey, if he wants to do it, let him do it. Right? He feels like he's the best in the UK. He wants to go for that title. So, and when I say title, he's obviously already got the British and Commonwealth, but I mean being recognized as the best middleweight in the UK. Because you do have the likes of Eubank Jr. out there. You've got Liam Williams and so on. So, yeah. Let's see. Felix Cash versus Liam Williams. If he really wants it, I personally feel like it's a little bit too early for Felix Cash. Uh, but it was a impressive performance against Denzel Bentley. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. And of course, the subplot here was Eddie Hearn sending one of his fighters, Felix Cash, over to a Frank Warren show and Eddie Hearn's man coming out on top. <laughs> a lot of people talking about, <coughs> excuse me, how Frank Warren can't be very happy about that. I mean, I don't know how much faith Frank Warren really had in Denzel Bentley. 
how much stock he placed in him as a fighter. I don't know, because that really will be the measure of how upset Frank Warren is about this result. Obviously, he always likes his guy to beat the fighter from, from a rival promoter, particularly Eddie Hearn. But do you think he'll be losing that many nights sleep over Denzel Bentley losing to Felix Cash? I mean, again, I don't know Denzel Bentley like that, but I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below about the performance, how far you think Felix Cash can go, and how quickly you think he should be moved. Do you think he should be fighting a Liam Williams next? Or do you think, like me, it's maybe a bit early? Let me know. Callum Johnson stops Emil Markic in the second round. This was an interesting performance from Callum Johnson. The last time he fought was 2019 against Sean Monaghan in the United States. That was on an Eddie Hearn show, wasn't it? When he was still fighting on Hearn shows, yeah. No, actually, it wasn't an Eddie Hearn show. My bad. Okay, that was, uh, oh, it was, okay. Well, it was co-promoted by several people. Kathy Duva, Joe DeGuardia, Ivanov, Kathy Duva, Lou DeBella. Wow, there's loads of them involved in that, including Eddie Hearn. But I remember the Monaghan fight, did well there. In this fight against Markic, um, hmm, he came out very aggressively, as he often does, but quite reckless. And his trainer, Joe Gallagher, in the post-fight interview said that Callum Johnson wanted to prove something to the domestic scene and also prove something to Frank Warren because he's newly signed with Frank Warren. I'm not necessarily sure that was the best audition. Yes, he got rid of Markic quickly, but not before getting hurt himself. He was hurt quite badly. Was it in the first round or the second round? I forget now. I think it was in, I think it was the first round. It might have been the second because I did see a replay of it where he's wailing away at Markic. He has him pinned up against the ropes and he walks into a right hand. His knee nearly touches the canvas, Callum Johnson, and he has to retreat after taking that shot. So it's impressive that he's able to get the guy out of the ring as early as he did. You know, the guy had a pretty good record. I've never seen him before, but he seemed competent in there, right? And so, you know, that seemed good to me, but the recklessness in which he went about his work was a little alarming. It was very similar to the Arta Baturbiev fight where he fought with that kind of recklessness. And yes, he dropped Baturbiev, but ultimately got stopped himself. So maybe that's just who Callum Johnson is. Maybe that's something you have to accept about him that he's going to be reckless. But I don't know. It's like <laughs> he could have done a, a better job in the sense that he could have made it easier on himself. Perhaps it would have taken longer. But, you know, when you got a guy up against the ropes and you're throwing these often quite wide shots, he's going to be able to catch you in those exchanges. You know, Costa Mato said a long time ago, the best shot to throw is the punch where you can hit him, but he can't hit you. That's the best punch to throw. 
And that's how he taught his fighters to fight. You know, a guy like Mike Tyson, yes, he would exchange with people, but he would very often try to catch you off guard or unaware or off balance. Where again, following Customado's teaching, he would try and hit you with a shot where he can hit you, but you can't hit him. Whereas Callum Johnson was putting himself in positions where he was well within reach of his opponent's punches. And he was cranking and throwing away. He basically just tried to overpower Markic in this fight. That's all it was. There wasn't really much boxing acumen there. It was just him moving forward, trying to pin the guy in the ropes, wailing away and taking him out. And ultimately it worked. In the second round, he pinned him on the ropes, hit him with some shots and the referee waved it off. But yeah, I just feel like a guy who's fought at world level like he has, who, you know, even though he's had a stop-start career and hasn't had that many fights, he is kind of a veteran in the game now. You'd, I would at least hope to see a bit more refinement there in his performances. But like I say, maybe that's just the kind of fighter he is and you're know, never going to get any more refinement. But I do remember seeing some of Callum Johnson's earlier fights where he was actually sticking a jab out there and he was showing some boxing ability. But he seems to have abandoned all that now <laughs> in favor of just being an all-out slugger. And look, it's exciting. I'm not complaining from an entertainment perspective, but I just feel like maybe he's not doing his talent justice. You know, maybe he's selling himself short a little bit in terms of the way he fights, the tactics he chooses to employ. But it is what it is. It was exciting while it lasted. Got Emil Markic out of there in two rounds. And now looks to fight, I believe, Joe Smith Jr. they're looking at or somebody at world level. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below about Callum Johnson's performance here. Would this be enough to beat a Joe Smith Jr. who just came off a very tough fight himself? Let me know in the comments below. David, everyone seems to be thinking it was a hard fight. It was a tight fight. You should have used your jab more. I'm seeing your face. You're not smiling. What did you learn from that? Six very intense rounds. I'm not happy. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but like my coach said, it's valuable. It's valuable rounds. Priceless. It, priceless, exactly that. Um, you can't buy them sort of rounds. I do it in the gym, no problem. But it's different under them lights. Now, you're going to go away and you're going to watch it. You'll sit down with Frank. You'll go through it. That's, that's Frank Greaves. You'll have a look through the fight. What did you think? I know you've won the one, but I'm going to ask you this question. What did you think you did wrong in there tonight? Why did you make it so uh, hard? I didn't, didn't use my jump enough. Look, we knew he was coming forward. So I was just sitting on the back foot, sitting on the ropes, let him come forward and, and, and tee him off. Well, like my coach said, he's a seasoned journeyman. Um, certain things are working against them. But, you know, I thought I'd, I'd sit on the back foot rather than put the pressure on and let him come into them shots. Um, I caught him in the last round. I should have thrown him right sort of hand. Yeah, I should have thrown him sort of shots. Maybe round two, round three. So you, so you, story. you should have thrown more shots earlier in the fight. You should yeah. have thrown more jabs and you should have, you should have moved your feet. That's what's called a learning up. fight, Dave. Yeah, it's a learning fight. Look, like I said, you know, um, I think I'm one of the best in the country. So um, I should be disappointed with that. But like I said, I go back to the drawing board and I learn again. I'm a student of the game and um, I'm forever learning. Um, yeah, you know, next fight, you'll see something different. When did you realise it was going to be a hard night? What round? At what point in what round? Honestly, I round? never. I never even thought that. You know, um, 
my coach was telling me, look, you're, you're ahead on the scorecards anyways. You know, if he said to me, look, Dave, you're down on the scorecards, then I would have probably changed the whole game plan, but he didn't say that. So. And you had more in the tank. You could have gone for it. If you'd have been yeah, I mean, look, I'm in the gym doing rounds with three, four sparring partners at a time, doing, you know, 10 rounds. So uh, six rounds isn't really a problem. You're just getting used to everything under the lights. You know what, Dave? Go away. We've, we've generally been smiling when you and I have finished talking. Yeah. You're smiling now at last. Yeah, Go yeah, away, yeah. watch it back, and you come back to six priceless rounds. Frank Greaves is right. Thanks very much indeed, Dave. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you. Much indeed, Paul. Yeah, brand new British middleweight champion, Felix. Great finish. What's going through your mind in, at the start of that third round, once you'd hurt him, once you'd caught him, once you'd stunned him on the ropes? Well, I stunned him in the first round, and I knew it was only a matter of time before I caught him again. You know, I, I, I caught him, and then Tony, Tony, like, after the first round, he was like, you're washing your walk a bit, you're, like, loading up a bit, trying to relax a bit, the shot would come. And um, I started relaxing more the fight was going in. I was relaxing, and I was walking through him, really, you know what I mean? I could just walk through him. And, um, and I caught him, and I caught him, I see him go, and I just finished the job. Was it an easier night than you expected? I know you were confident you'd win, you'd confident you'd stop him, but was it an easier night? In, now you're looking back on it, was it an easier night than you expected? He won as awkward Phoenix? as I thought he was going to be. He won as awkward. I thought, when I looked at my video, it looked quite awkward. He looked awkward. I thought it might take me maybe six, seven rounds to break him down. When I got in there, he was, I could hit him. I was hitting him. And after that, then, I was just walking through Tone, what about you, Tone? Because we know he's awkward, Bentley. We're not quite sure what he's got because he's, there's not a lot of form, not a lot of grey. Was it easier than you expected? Denzel's a good fighter. He's only a young kid as well. He's yeah. 25. Uh, what you've got to realise is uh, Felix Cash has had a you know, big pedigree as an amateur. He's fought all around the world, won gold medals in tournaments, been in with the Olympic champion. So he's got a massive pedigree, do you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of experience of sparring good fighters in my gym, obviously. He's been, he's been training in, with Craig, hasn't he? he yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been sparring with Craig, but I've had him in America sparring in, in uh, Los Angeles, in the Garcia gym. So, you know, he's got a lot of experience and, uh, you know, he showed how explosive he is with his punching power and uh, he's a quality kid. What do you want now, Felix, in an ideal world? If Eddie, if Eddie was standing there, what would you want? What, what, what are you asking? What are you begging for now? You've got the two belts. You've had a great win tonight I want, I want, I want, in a 50-50. What do you want now? I want now? the third now. I want to get the European, and then we'll move on to what's next. But there's a lot of big names out there. You've got Chris Eubank Jr., you've got Liam Williams, you've got a few others. So we'll sit, we'll sit down with the team and see what's next. But, like I say, I'd like to get the European next. Was that your statement tonight? Because, because going into the fight, people were looking at some of your wins, looking at some of his wins, looking at your previous amateur pedigree and going like that. Suddenly you've got in there with a man that most people thought it'd be 50-50 and you've wiped him away in three rounds. Was that your statement tonight? Yeah, it was a bit of a statement. I think it was a bit of a statement. You know, at the end of the day, that 14 fights, stop, um, stop for, um, 12 of them, you know, it was meant to be a bit of a puncher. And, you know, he had a good win that last time out against Efron and looked good doing it. And Efron's, you know, he's no mug. So it was a decent fight. But I was just, like I said, I was a level above him before the fight and I showed it in the ring. Congratulations. Thanks, Tony. I only saw three fights on this Frank Warren show at the York Hall, and they were David Adelaide versus Camille Sokolovsky, Callum Johnson versus Emil Markic, and Denzel Bentley versus Felix Cash. So I'm going to start off by talking about David Adelaide versus Camille Sokolovsky. Now, I didn't actually see this fight live. I was asleep when it happened. I did watch Johnson versus Markic and Bentley versus Cash live, but not Adelaide versus Sokolovsky. But when I woke up, I logged straight into my Discord server and everybody was saying that it was a robbery, that David Adelaide got a gift decision 
that Sokolovsky won at least four rounds, probably more like five, and that Adelaide was very, very fortunate to not have a loss on his record. And I asked them what happened in the fight. Did Adelaide get hurt? Uh, you know, did he get beat up? And they said, no, he basically got outboxed. So that's what I was expecting. I was expecting to watch this fight and for it to not be difficult to score, for it to be pretty straightforward and a win for Sokolovsky, which didn't go his way by way of the scorecard. But I have to admit, people, that's not what I saw. <laughs> and I've got the greatest of respect for all the guys in my Discord, I chat to you guys every day, but I've got to be real. We've all been in those situations where we watch a fight live and it seems one way, particularly when there's commentary on, but then when you watch the fight the next day without the commentary, it can often look very different. Yeah, that's happened to me before. And I think that that is what a lot of people will find has happened is here as well with Adelaide versus Sokolovsky, because this was actually a close fight, legitimately close. Most of the rounds were legitimately close. Now, what I can tell you is Sokolovsky landed the more eye-catching shots. And one of the reasons for that is because when Adelaide was caught, usually with a right hand over the top, his head was a bit high. So you'd see the impact and his head would get knocked sideways. Whereas Sokolovsky was keeping his chin glued to his chest. So when he was getting caught by Adelaide with shots like left hooks and right hands at times, the impact of the shot wasn't as apparent because his chin was down. So you didn't see his head getting knocked back or anything like that, if that makes sense. But if you actually watch closely, Sokolovsky is getting caught with a fair few power shots and jabs himself. It's just that keeping that chin down. When he gets caught, the shot doesn't look as dramatic. So it doesn't stick in people's memories as much. But he was getting caught in there. But as I say, he landed more eye-catching shots on Adelaide, And he was also the aggressor. Adelaide in the post-fight interview said that his corner told him to just lay back and allow Sokolovsky to walk onto his shots. But Sokolovsky's a wily veteran, you know. He's better than his record suggests for sure. He usually turns up to try and win and he has turned over a few prospects in his time and he's apparently just come from the Joseph Parker camp where he's been helping him prepare for Derek Chisora so Sokolovsky was quite wily in there and wasn't falling for the traps that Adelaide was trying to set a lot of the time and he was managing to land his own shots Adelaide is talented He's got good balance. He's a pretty tall guy, 6'4", very well coordinated, fast. He's actually quite light for his height, as you can see here. David Adelaide, only 225 pounds. That's one pound over 16 stone. So this is a pretty light guy for a heavyweight, uh, a modern heavyweight anyway. And because of that, he's able to maneuver himself around with good coordination, good balance, again, good hand speed and all that kind of stuff. Generally good technique. But Sokolovsky did old man him a little bit. I think the extra experience of Sokolovsky, where he was able to draw some of Adelaide's leads and then 
strike unexpectedly with that right hand over the top. So it was, it was quite clever stuff from Sokolovsky in there at times. And I think that was testament to his experience and Adelaide's lack of experience. But nonetheless, Adelaide was landed his own shots. He was jabbing. At no point did Adelaide look disturbed. At no point did he look hurt or flustered or as if his, his confidence was draining away. Not at all. He just looked like he was trying to figure. I mean, was he slightly confused? I don't think so. I think he was maybe a little frustrated. But uh, I don't think he was necessarily particularly confused. I think, like, he probably felt that he wished there was more rounds in the fight. Because afterwards, he did call for an immediate rematch. He said, I'll fight this guy right away again, no problem at all. And he is a very confident character, David Adelaide. If you've ever seen him interviewed, he exudes a tremendous amount of confidence. And that's great. I'll take a guy who is very confident over a guy who lacks a bit of confidence seven days a week when it comes to boxers, right? But with a character like Adelaide, who does have a very high baseline level of confidence, the danger with a guy like that is that he can become overconfident and complacent and maybe maybe underestimate opponents a little bit. And perhaps he did that here with Sokolovsky. Um, and maybe the corner got their tactics wrong. Maybe Adelaide should have been a bit more aggressive with Sokolovsky because Adelaide, again, only 225 pounds, Sokolovsky only 230 himself. So not a massive difference in terms of weight there. Adelaide being so much younger, I would have imagined that he could impose himself on Sokolovsky more than we saw here. He did kind of impose himself on Sokolovsky in the final round, but other than that, he allowed Sokolovsky to walk on to him. And again, maybe that wasn't the right tactic. But either way, it was a legitimately close fight. Now, there was one round which I feel like Sokolovsky won clearly. And it was probably the biggest round that either of them had in the fight. I think it was the fifth, the fourth or the fifth round for Sokolovsky, where he landed a lot of clean headshots over the top, was pushing Adelaide back. And that is a round I would say he dominated and nobody really dominated any of the rounds I would say other than that round there that was a dominant round the other rounds seriously people were all close you could have given them either way so when it comes to the referee's scorecard giving it to Adelaide by one point I don't think that's particularly shocking <laughs> yeah if you're giving it to Sokolovsky by, by a point or two I wouldn't have complained either but Adelaide by a point, I don't think it's that terrible. If you go watch the fight in the cold light of day, the next day, without the commentary on, you'll see that it was actually close, folks. But Adelaide, I hope, gets the rematch against Sokolovsky. David Hay has suggested they have it over a longer uh, period of rounds, you know, rather than six, maybe eight or ten. And I can see the logic in that. Because Sokolovsky was doing certain things in there, which Adelaide might have figured out over the course of a longer fight. And I got the sense that he was starting to figure it out. He actually hurt Sokolovsky in the final seconds of the bout in round six. Now, 
To be fair, Sokolovsky might fight at a slightly slower pace if it's an 8 or a 10 rounder, and so it might be more difficult to catch him with something, right? But I do feel as though Adelaide's got the beating of this guy, based upon what I saw there. Maybe I'm underestimating Sokolovsky, I don't know, but I just feel like it was competitive. Adelaide's the more talented of the two. He was caught, but I never saw him hurt or worried by anything that Sokolovsky did to him. So I think he's got the beating of this guy, and I think they should run it back right away, maybe in a longer fight, and see if Adelaide can do a better job. He says he'll get rid of Sokolovsky in three rounds. Okay, we'll see. I mean, it didn't appear as though he could get rid of him in three rounds based upon what I saw there, but maybe if he sticks it on him, perhaps he can. And maybe he figured that out in the final round of the fight in the six where he caught him and he thought, you know what, I should just stick it on this guy. I'll get him out of here rather than giving him all this respect and letting him walk onto my shots. So let me know what you guys thought in the comments below. I know there's going to be a lot of people saying, Hatman, you're crazy. You need glasses. It was clearly a robbery, all this kind of stuff. I get it. I've had it for years and years and years. <laughs> Whenever you're objective and you don't go along with the status quo, there's going to be people jumping on, <laughs> jumping on your back, right? <laughs> Giving you a hard time for it. But as I've said before, we've all been in them situations where we watch a fight live and our perception is a certain way. But when we watch it the next day with the commentary off in the cold light of day and we're watching closely at who's landing what, the fight appears quite different. And I, I seriously think that this is one of those cases and I urge you guys to watch it again without the commentary just look at who's landing what particularly with Sokolovsky keeping his chin tucked down when he does get hit with left hooks and right hands it's not as noticeable so maybe people are thinking no shots are not landing they are landing if you watch closely so <laughs> yeah the decision as far as I'm concerned it could have gone either way you could give it to Adelaide you could give it to Sokolovsky but I'm, I, I can't see a robbery there. I really can't. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Adelai versus Sokolovsky. You know, Adelai 5-0. He's got a long way to go. Well, 6-0 now, is he? After the Sokolovsky fight. Was he 5-0 going in and now he's 6-0? Let me just check. Yeah, he's 6-0 now. So that was the first time he went the distance. Again, very high baseline level of confidence. When I say baseline level, I'm talking about somebody's natural confidence, the innate, inherent confidence they have just naturally. It's the way their brains are wired, right? And from the baseline, the confidence level can go up or down based upon experiences, life experiences, fight experiences. Adelaide needs to pump the brakes a little bit in terms of how ambitious. No, he doesn't need to pump the brakes in terms of how ambitious he is, but in terms of how quickly he wants to progress. He might need to pump the brakes a little bit or his team might need to, you know, pump the brakes because he's talking about taking out this one and taking out that one and fighting Daniel Dubar and, and all these kind of people. And I like that confidence. That's great. But he, you do get a sense, is trying to run before he can 
walk a little bit here, maybe even you know walk before he can crawl. So there's talent there, definitely. Like the confidence, but would like to see him run it back with Sokolovsky just to put that situation to bed and then he can move forward. And he seems very willing to do that. He seems very confident that he can deal with Sokolovsky a lot better second time around. But as I say, hey, maybe Sokolovsky prepares better second time around and it's another controversial fight or maybe he beats Adelaide decisively. You know, even in my eyes, because I don't think this was a decisive victory for Sokolovsky in a robbery of any sort. I think it was a legitimately, legitimately close fight. Um, and of course, now there's going to be the accusations that I'm a Frank Warren fanboy or an Adelaide fanboy or something. I'm not any kind of fanboy, folks. <laughs> One day I get accused of being a matchroom fanboy. The next day I'm a matchroom hater. One day I'm an AJ fanboy. The next day I'm an AJ hater. One day I'm a Fury fanboy, the next day I'm a Fury hater. One day I'm a white fanboy, the next day I'm a white hater. One day I'm a Frank Warren. I mean, it's absurd. It's people projecting their own biases onto me. When they see someone who is genuinely assessing things dispassionately and giving everybody a fair shake and looking at things objectively, everybody hates you for that, right? <laughs> you get attacked from all sides, it's inevitable. So that's okay. I've been here on YouTube 11 years now, taking all the arrows <laughs> from different groups of boxing fans nonstop. It is what it is. It's what I signed up for. So yeah, let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Adelaide versus Sokolovsky. How did you have it scored? Personally, I didn't score it, but I felt I was watching it closely and I felt like every round was close. Other than as I say, the 4th or 5th, which Sokolovsky won very clearly. But other than that, let me not say every round, but most of the rounds. I would say at least four out of the six rounds were close. That's what I would say. At least four of the six rounds were close. So let me know what you guys felt about it in the comments below and what you think Adelaide should do from here. You know, 225 pounds, I don't think he needs to gain a bunch of weight or any any of this business he seems to have a good build at 225 pounds looks strong to me and i'm sure he'll fill out more naturally as he gets older i think he's what 25 26 now 24 he's only 24 so he's going to fill out naturally anyway there's no need to be uh deliberately trying to pile loads of weight on him or anything like that 225 is fine because yeah he's not as heavy as an aj or a fury or a dylan white but look how well coordinated he is. Right, look how athletic he is. Look, look how well he moves around the ring and how sharp his punches are. If he puts another 10, 15 pounds on, he's going to lose a lot of that speed. He's going to lose some of that mobility and so forth. So, you know, I, I think he just needs the team to pump the brakes a little bit, run it back with Sokolovsky and take it from there. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast, joined by David Adelaide. Uh, honestly, after 
that sixth round. Uh, were you confident that you bagged the win tonight, David? Yeah, I thought I won. I thought I won it regardless. I didn't think he beat me. Um, I mean, look, my coach was telling me I was ahead in between the rounds. Anyways, if he said to me I was down, I probably would have put my foot on the gas and went for him. But uh, yeah, I was confident I had it. I just counted and waiting for him, and then sitting on the back foot. And um, yeah, you know, waiting for him to fall for the shots. Is that the Kamal Sokolovsky that you expected tonight? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah, nothing else is really a problem for me, to be fair. And I was just getting used to the experience. Obviously a different night for you tonight compared to the, the rest of your professional fights so far. What went wrong in your opinion? Wasn't patient enough. Should have used my jab more. Kept the lead hand up. Um, yeah, them sort of things. What was Frank telling you in the corner between rounds? Same thing. Um, use a jab, establish a jab. Be, uh, you know, let him come onto the shots, basically. I don't want to say too much, give him a really game plan, but let him come onto the shots and uh, yeah, be patient. Did you feel at times you were kind of forcing things in there? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. There's certain shots I threw and I, could, and I felt I was forcing it. So, um, yeah. I'll keep it real with you, yeah? So I've checked, I've gone online and obviously, yeah, I've gone online and the vast majority of people had Camel winning that. What would you be, like, kind of your response to, to people's comments? They're not judges at the end of the day, so it doesn't really matter. Um, everyone's going to say what they've got to say. Um, we come from a world where the most irrelevant people seem to have an opinion on everything. Half the people couldn't throw a jab, so it doesn't really matter. Frank, can I just bring you in for a second, please? Obviously, we're talking about people's opinions and no other opinion will matter more than, than yours. So yeah. can I have your honest opinion on tonight, please? Yeah, listen, it didn't quite go to plan, obviously. Uh, I think anyone watching that will know that. I mean, look, you can go into technical things, which I'm going to go into with David after. I don't want to say too much about the specifics of the fight. Right? Look, the fact of the matter is that the biggest issue in there was that David looked to do it with one big shot. He looked for the perfect shot too much. And Kamil Sokolowski is an old head. You know, he's very organised. You have to set him up. You have to set him up for the shots. You have to take him out with two or three shots. You're not going to take him out with one clean one. And he just looked for the big one and just waited that little bit too long. So, you know, look, as far as I'm concerned, like I said before, the rounds are going to do him a massive, massive, massive favour. We've, we've done virtually as many rounds tonight as we've done throughout our pro career. But not only that, we've, had, we've done rounds tonight where we've got a guy coming forward, making us think, you know, we're having that conversation in there. We'll go away and we'll work on things. And you know what? One of the most important things is that Dave landed clean a few times and never took the guy out. Not, not his best shots, but landed pretty clean. He's a tough guy. Actually learning that you need to set, even up when you've got big power, even learning that you need to set the shots up, that's going to do him a world of good. So, look, the fact is we got the win. Personally, I thought we had it by two or three, maybe even a little wider. I gave him the second round, I think, and then I thought we nicked everyone. But... You know, that's looking at it from where I was. Obviously, I'm emotionally invested in it. I'll go back, watch it. I'll watch it with Dave. We'll have a look. We'll reassess and we'll work on the things that we need to work on. And we'll go from there. But look, the fact is, we got the win. I'm happy. After the first and second round, clearly you wouldn't have been happy with what you were seeing. So how comes it didn't change for our, or did it change in your opinion for the thirds, fourth, fifth and sixth? Uh, we had our moments when David started to work off of little feints and little movements. But as I say, look, maybe, you know, it was a little bit of edge. Look, let's have it right. I mean, it was a week's notice, but it was a week's notice for us as well. So we didn't have time to work on specifics. We didn't have time to work specifically for Sokolowski. It was only a quick turnaround. Look, David's the novice pro, right? It's his sixth pro fight. We've been pretty much the most active fighter in the world over the last year. We've had constant time in the gym, you know. 
maybe it's time to just go away, have a couple of weeks off, reassess, sit down, chat, be real with each other. Look, I still stand by what I said before the fight. David's ambition is to go and win world titles. That's what my ambition is for him. I've seen him in with top world-class fighters, and I still stand by that. Everyone has learning fights. I could name countless fighters that you know, have had, have had a sticky fight here and there, and that's what makes you. No issue as far as I'm concerned. David, did you feel tired towards the end? Uh, not necessarily tired. You know what it is? It's just getting used to it under the lights. You know, because um, I can do the rounds. The rounds ain't a problem. Um, look, I do rounds in the gym, 10, 10, 12 rounds in the gym. with like three, four different sparring partners. And, uh, so, yeah, the rounds are never really a problem. So, um, I think maybe because, I don't know, was I fighting on emotion? I don't really know. I've got to go back and see it. But, uh, look, like I said, get Kamasokoloski in the game with me and... Uh, I'll shut a lot of people up. What happens next time if the rematch does happen? I'll be pissed if it gets to the judges' scorecards. I'll stop him, trust me. Well, listen, David, you still bag the win tonight. You move forward. Obviously, Frank's there. You're going to reassess and, and see where you go from there. It's a process. The whole thing's a process. The whole thing's a process. I'm, I touched on it last night. The whole thing's a process. It's not, it's not about this one particular fight. It's a long-term process. It's a full-time pro. It's a process. We'll go away. We'll reassess. We'll work on stuff we need to, and we'll come back stronger. No issue. And David's responded to people who's, who said stuff online. What would your comment be? I, I don't really, I don't pay any mind. I, I'll take the constructive stuff. Um, boxing's all about opinions and everyone's got one. So I'll take the stuff that I think there's, is, is valid and I'll read it and I'll take it on board. The stuff that I don't agree with, I'll discard. Simple. David, appreciate your time as always, my man. And Frank, you, same man. to you, mate. A statement tonight. A big statement tonight. I hopefully, have a few more now with Steve, and I think also Joe Gallagher, the uh, new guiding force, is also down there as well. Thank you, Paul. Um, good to get it out of the way, Callum. I heard you just say it to Joe. It seemed that way. A relief to get it out of the way. Yeah, I, it was. It was a massive relief. Uh, you know, I was trying to keep it cool in the back there, but I'll be honest, I was feeling the, the pressure, the nerves, and I was a little bit eager in there, and I just wanted to get him out of there, but. You know, I, I did get him out of there. I made a few mistakes, but you know, it's been what's it been? 25 months out of the ring, and you know, I'm just so pleased to be back, and I'm looking forward to you know what the future holds with Frank. Is that what you were feeling? The nerves that you wanted to impress, or the pressure that you had to impress, or what, did you feel that gap? Were you feeling um, the 25 months? Yeah, a bit of both, really. I mean, you can do all the sparring you want in the world, but it's not the same as in there, is it? Under the lights, under the pressure, and, and not only that, you know, I knew I was in there with a decent kid who's you know, he's, he's no he's no slouch, is he? 32 and two, and but I just thought, you know, I had it in my head that I wanted to get him out of there before anyone else has got him out of there, and I did that, but you know, I was a little bit eager, and I got caught with a couple of shots that I shouldn't have got caught with, but, you know. In in the first round, when it looked like you were just about to get close enough to finish it, he caught you with a great shot, your, 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 your knees buckled. Do you remember much about that? Yeah, I, I did feel the shot, and, you know, I did feel like that was a good shot, that, but, you know, my head was clear, and I knew I was OK, and I just thought, you know, just take your time now a little bit, get behind your jab a little bit, and then get him out when the opportunity comes, and that's what I did. Now, Joe, Joe, f thanks for staying and talk to us. You talked about how he becomes an animal once he walks up the steps, once he gets into the ring. Maybe tonight he was a bit too much of an animal in that first round. Maybe he's a bit too eager, Joe. 
Yeah, there was. Uh, like I say, switches on and go. Like I said, in the, in the background, you could just feel the pressure, the statement, all eyes were on him tonight. And uh, like Callum said, it was an opponent. We said 32 and 2, 24 knockouts. We know we could hit. And you can see me in the corner say to Callum, this is a 10-round fight, you know. <laughs> it's not a one-round shootout, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I say, but he went out there and uh, he was just keen to impress. And so much has been said about him and not said about him. He wanted to remind everyone that the major force is in the light heavyweight division and that he is the domestic number one. Um, and he wanted to go in there and show that tonight. And more importantly, please, Frank. Well, he certainly showed that. Now, what do we do now? What, what, what do we do now? In an ideal world, Callum, what do you do, do you do now? Do you get a world title fight? Do you push Frank one for a world title fight? Or do you fight Lyndon Arthur? Or do you fight in the yard? What do you do? What do you want to do? Uh, me, I'll jump in with Joe Smith next week because that's just what I am. That's why I'm after the world title fight. The but... WBO champ, the yeah, new champion. Exactly. But, you know, I'll leave that down to Joe and Frank to sort out. But I'm open to whatever and... You know, I'd like to get out as quick as possible. I think Frank just said they're going to be out back end of June or something. So, you know, just straight back in the gym and, and work on, you know, the mistakes I made in there and just to be better for the next one. The mistakes he made in there, he got caught with one shot and he was getting rid of some rust. Those are not real mistakes, Joe. Were you were you happy with what you saw tonight? Because there's always a danger when a, when a kid of 33, 34 has two years out of the ring, even if he's staying fit, there's always a danger he can leave something behind. Were you happy with what you saw, Joe? I was for the amount of time that he was out of it. And it just shows everyone, you just can't bite real time, real fights. You can spar, shadow box, pads till the cows come home, but you just can't beat fighting. And Callum Johnson tonight just wanted to fight. And as you said there, he still wants to fight now. And we'll be here all night, Callum will be knocking holes till that kid went on the floor. So, like you say, there's a few little mistakes, but that's just eagerness, willingness to please and everything else. I'm telling you now, improvements will be made. And uh, listen, there's a world title coming home this way. Now, Anthony Yard was meant to be on the bill, but he had some serious and extensive dental work. Lyndon Arthur's here, and I was hoping I'd maybe try to keep the two of you apart. But Lyndon's the nicest guy in the world. You're the nicest guy in the world. Why don't you blow him a kiss? He's sitting up there, the, the pair of you. So it's been a loving between Lyndon and Callum tonight. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Listen, Callum, great to see you back in the ring. Nice one, thanks. Good finish, good back. shot you took. Joe, always great to talk to you again. Yes, thank you for having us on. Back to you, Paul, back to you. Chaps, first of all, David, congratulations. Still undefeated, you got the W. Got the W, um, was it in the fashion I wanted it in, but I got it done. Yeah, you certainly know you've been in a fight tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, I'm in a fight game at the end of the day. You know, there's nothing cute about it. I'm letting this game to be pretty. Um, I ain't ugly. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, it's all learning experience. And, um, yeah. and in some ways, Frank, was, was it a good thing to, to, to go the distance, to get the rounds under his belt? Uh, right now, it won't feel like a good thing, but it will be a good thing. Um, listen, coming into this fight, we'd barely completed seven rounds against five different opponents. You know, and it's doing it under the lights is something completely different to doing it in the gym, you know, doing it away from the camera. So look, it's, it's valuable ring time and it's valuable ring time where the pressure was on, right? So that's a good thing. Again, there's rounds where you're in there and you're on top for six rounds beating someone up, using them as punch bag. When shots are coming back at you and you have to think about it, they're valuable rounds. Look, I could name a, a, a list as long as your arm of fighters that have had not great performances, but got wins, their career carries on, they go away, they learn from it. David's an intelligent fighter, a very intelligent fighter. He's an intelligent kid, got degrees. He'll learn from it. And if he doesn't, then he's going to be in a lot of fights like that, but that's not going to be the case. And David, how, how did you feel? Did you, did you feel you got the win? There's a lot of people on social media who watching the fight at home think it should have gone the other way. Sokolovsky thought it should have gone the other way. Well, Sokolovsky never said that to me. Um, 
But look, my coach was telling me I was up anyways. Like I said, my coach told me I wasn't up on the scorecards. I would have changed everything going out there. I would have put my foot on the gas, I would have stood in the middle. But at the end of the time, at the, at the end of the day, sorry, we knew you was a pressure fighter, so it was about letting them come onto the shots. And my coach said I was looking for them shots a bit too much. I shouldn't have been, and um, I should just let my hands go and let them flow a bit more and uh, come from there. Yeah, because I could hear you shouting, Frank. You were just like saying, you know, you got class, use your class, set the shots up. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we had a game plan, which I'm not going to give away, because uh, if the rematch does happen at some point in the, in the future, then, you know, we'll implement it. Um, but the fact is that the fight was as hard as David made it. Um, and that's taken nothing away from Camel. Look, I, I've been, I started my career in this game on the road with journeymen, tough journeymen. I know what the away corner was like. Um, but yeah, look, the fight was as hard as it was because David made it that way. He looked to take him out with a perfect shot. I think, you know, maybe mentally going into the, into the fight, you know that Camel's tough. He knows he's got power. You kind of want to make a little bit of a statement and, and prove yourself to all the doubters, the people that were saying, you know, is it come too early? Is it a step up too early? Look, the fact is, David is a classy fighter. He's got class, he's got athleticism, he's got power, he's got skills. He can punch in, in volume, he can punch in bunches, he can put two and three shots together. You didn't see that tonight, but he's going to learn. He's going to hurt from this. He's going to go away, he's going to be pissed at himself, and he's going to come back, and he's going to learn from it. And that is valuable. Absolutely. And so what did Kamal say to you afterwards? Good fight. He said he wanted to do some arms with sparring with me. And um, yeah, that was it, realistically. You know, he said that obviously I was better than he expected and whatnot. I think a lot of people think that you see me on TV, you think one thing, you get in there is another thing. Um, with Camel, I kind of knew what to expect. He's a pressure fighter. We knew that. Um, just about sitting back, waiting a bit. But look, like I said, with, the, with that comes knowledge. With advance comes knowledge. And um, yeah, you know, like I said before, some people are learnt. Some people sort of learn from being um, told something. Some people learn from experience, and I learned from experience. So um, I learned a lot in there. Go back, go back to the gym, um, work on a few things. And um, yeah, I think, you know, I made a few mistakes in sort of keeping my lead hand down. But that's because I was trying to draw him onto something, but um, I did it a bit too much. So I should have just waited a bit and been a bit more patient. Frank just mentioned the rematch there. Is that something you'd be interested in? Yeah, I'll kick his ass in the rematch. And, um, I'd be pissed if he went to the judges' scorecards again. Trust me. Yeah, I, th I think probably you've got to you, you've got to do that just to get that out of your system, really, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Look, I don't I don't shy away from nobody, and um, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it was a hard fight. But looking at you, there's not a mark on you. Yeah, I'm fine. Look, I've been I've been in tougher spas. You know, um, there was nothing in there that was out of my depth. You know, um, like I said, Frank seen me in some tough spas before, so yeah, nothing really matters. And Frank was obviously, you know, shouting instructions to you. He also had guys in the wings, friends, family, Frank Warren. Is it a bit confusing in there when you're hearing all those different bit, voices? A little bit. You hear a few things and whatnot. Um, but the most clear instructions I could hear was coming from my corner because they're closest. Um, but, you know, look, I'm going to go back and I'm going to learn a lot from watching it. And uh, your old friend Nathan Gorman tweeted, um, he, just, he was watching, he simply tweeted, it's a marathon, not a sprint, with a smiley emoji. Kick Nathan's ass, but fair play. No, look, I've got nothing bad to say about Nathan. You know, he's a good fighter, he's a good man. Um, he told me to fight him, I did. You know, um, so yeah. Well, I think that's. I think what he's trying to say is that um, it's good. You need to get the experience under your belt, which I think's you know probably fair enough. Yeah, I do need to get the experience, which is true. You know, but at the same time, I get experience in the gym. Of course, I'm learning that in the gym, and on fighting that's two different things, and. Um, Look, I believe I back myself against the majority of these heavyweights in the world, let alone country, so um, yeah.
And what's next? What are you going to do now? I think I heard you earlier say, Frank, I mean, he's obviously a bit of a gym bunny. Are you going to give him a bit of time off? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if I'm perfectly honest, we started training together in like April last year, pretty much. Um, we've been in the gym constantly since then. Sometimes you can have a little bit of mental overload. Um, you know, it's like there's a reason that there's an end of term. Uh, when you're at school because you just get, have that little chance to just go away and let your brain compute and you come back and you remember all that stuff from the previous time. So it's been it's been sort of everything's been easy so far, relatively easy. Um, you still got to do the work in the gym obviously and we've had tough sparring, but it's been easy so far. So yeah, maybe look, we'll go away, we'll have a couple of weeks off, relax, don't think about boxing for a little while, refresh, come back, having learnt from tonight. And final question, David. Um, you're finally going to get to get that pizza later on. Uh, I might just take one slice and get back to the gym. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got some learning to do. And uh, yeah, look, I, I, I like these sort of things to be fair. And um, like my coach said, I'm going to learn a lot. So yeah. at the end of the day, you're, st- you're still undefeated, six and zero now. Um, the only way's up. Exactly that. Exactly that. Uh, like my coach said, look, we're going to start naming up, calling out a lot of fighters. But a lot of fighters have had these sort of fights in the early stages of their career, gone on to do great things. Obviously, I know I can do great things. So um, it's just going from there. Well, good luck and enjoy your time off if you don't, if you're allowed. Any. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Frank.